year. It's me, good looking Lee. This is the Thank Me Later podcast. To my left, introduce yourself. Hey, it's our co host, Noel K. What's up with you? You good? Hey, today's today's gonna be a good day. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like anytime I look at somebody, I have I make them have a great day. Yeah. So we got a guest today. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Asha Boston on social media, Asha KB. I'm a filmmaker, nonprofit founder, and most recently a designer of a brand new Nike. She covered Ooh. everything in my first yes. three questions. <laughs> That's good yeah, too, yeah. though. Exactly. Took the journey. We, yeah, we're going to get right into it. Congratulations on the shoe. Thank you. Um, Congrats. Yeah. Thank you very much. It meant a lot, especially because I'm from Besta. Uh, it's, it, it meant even more because. I take that train. Okay. <laughs> R46? Uh, yeah, yeah. And it just is like, I, my friend, I have another friend who is actually on the show that has a shoe as well. And I was just so proud of him. And then when I started researching and there was other people, and I was like, this one is even closer to home. Yeah. Like when I was reading the story and stuff. And then I found out about a time before Kale, and I was just mm. like, that's fire. Thank you. And you brought your family. That's that's amazing. Yeah, this you is know? beautiful to Yeah, see. women empowerment for real. For real. They're amazing. They're they're the reason I am who I am. That's so beautiful. That is beautiful. So, being that you covered my first three questions, <laughs> um, <laughs> when did you know that, because designing just came, correct? Filmmaking is is love. Correct. Right? So A little bit of both. Okay, okay. So when did you know that filmmaking was, it excited you enough that you was like, you know what, I want to pursue this? Um, it was my senior year of college. Okay. Um, I went to Agnes Scott College in Decatur, Georgia, and I studied international relations. Um, I started in journalism when I was fairly young. You know, living in New York, there are just so many opportunities and so many things for you to get into. Um, so I started when I was 16, working and writing my own blog in correlation with Teen Vogue. Um, so by the time I got to college, I had enough experience to start writing for sites professionally, doing a little bit of on-camera stuff. And by my senior year, I was halfway through my major, and I had room to take classes and things that I was interested in. And I took a filmmaking class, and it, it got me so excited because I realized there was another way to tell stories outside of journalism and what I was familiar with before. And so I decided in that moment that that was something that I wanted to keep exploring. And how long ago was that? 2013. So not too long ago. Yeah. And you're here with a shoe. Yeah, that's crazy. That that's is crazy. insane, yeah. It's crazy. Can I ask, how old are you? 27. Perfect. So <laughs> you're you're in your, your 20s, and you're from New York, from Brooklyn. Did it ever cross your mind that, like, maybe I'm aiming outlandishly high, maybe I should be safe and, you know, just get a job and stay in line? <laughs> I'm laughing because that is like I feel like it's a conversation that happens every other month. Um, <laughs> Move. You know, in, in, in reality, because um, all the things that I'm doing creatively are so outlandish, but I have a very big imagination, and I feel like my family has given me enough support to know that I can do almost anything that I try to do. So because I have that support, I try any and everything. Mm. Um, and so from the outside looking in, I think a lot of people are like, this is great. When are you going to do something, you know, more stable or when are you going to do something real? But for me, I know exactly what it is that I'd like to do and I know what my purpose is. And so I'm going to continue to work towards that until I feel like I've like hit that mark. That's strange though. More stable. You have a shoe. Right, like, like put the shoe on. That's what I was gonna say. Like, why do people think um, that is not the norm? Like, it's so crazy that real is so 
um, structured and and routined, and it's it's putting you in this box. And you're really thinking outside of the box because, like, I'm sitting here thinking of all the three things that you named <laughs> that you're doing, and they're so different, yet they make you. And, and you're one entity, and that's beautiful watching Thank you. you in your own Yeah, I think, I think it's creativity. I think creative careers are very hard to grasp for a lot of people because it looks like something that's very easy or it looks like something that's just momentary. So, like, when people watch TV or go to see movies, they're like, oh, that was just an hour of something great. But they don't realize how much work goes into that one hour that you see on the big screen. You know, for some people, it's just a shoe, but it's like you don't know how much work went into yeah. making sure that the story's aligned and everything. you know was on the right track and fit into the right place and then how much work goes into after you're finished making sure that you can maintain the audience and keep everyone engaged and entertained it's it's a lot of work that people don't realize happens behind the scenes so would you say that not only like Brooklyn and the stories of the A train would you say that the women behind you had something to do with the shoe of course (laughs) they made they made the memories I think um something that has you know, become very apparent to me as I've been creating this film, A Time Before Kale, is that gentrification is like the umbrella story, you Mm -hmm. know? And then underneath that comes the heart of the film, which is the fact that, you know, it's not that the landscape is changing that hurts us. It's the fact that the memories of the people who are around us, you know, that's what's changing, the faces that are familiar, and, you know, what it feels like to be at home, all of a sudden that's disappearing and going away. And I think that's what hurts more than anything else. That's crazy. I'm glad you said that because the other day I went to go get food around my way and I was saying like this is a this used to be a family spot and now of course it's not it's a new new business management and all that. But it just felt so crazy cuz I grew up with the family who used to own the mm-hmm. spot. So it's like they watched me go from like little and reckless to like old and reckless. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, "Y'all, I miss them." And then I was like, "Wow, like once it start hitting so close, I was like, Jesus, this kind of hurts. You know what I mean? So I think when I was checking out A Time Before Kale, what stood out to me, not even I think, it, it stood out to me that you you made it your business to tell the stories of, you know, what it was like. Absolutely. We, we don't really get, like, old Brooklyn stories anymore. Yeah, absolutely. And we're losing it. We're, we're losing a lot of our history and our natural history that we're supposed to be, you know, learning about and keeping alive in the youth. So I think that's that's a great thing that you're doing there too, Thank like you. bringing the memories and making sure the memories are still there because it's what matters. I think revamping is like happening at an all time high, especially mm-hmm. with gentrification. So, you know, we need the reminders of where we've come from and how far we've come. Yo, gentrification is so crazy. Like looking for a place to stay. Like they'll be like closet two inches fifteen hundred view the projects fifteen hundred like that's insane. But would you say that creatively you're fearless? Absolutely, you have to be. I think especially to tell a story the way that I'm telling it, you have to be because um, some of my biggest criticism is that there are other gentrification documentaries or like we've heard this story before. Um, but what I'm doing and what I'm sure of that I'm doing is that I'm telling that history and I know that it's important because there's a beautiful black history for almost every like urban city that's out there that's kind of hidden under the details and under the concrete of everyone else's time staying in the neighborhood. So like for instance, when I talk about Bed-Stuy, people are always like, Bed-Stuy wasn't always black in the 
twenties there was this and Thursday mm-hmm. was this. But I'm like, okay, but I'm talking about the sixteen hundreds when the slave ship landed here. <laughs> and, I'm just talking heavy. You know, I'm like we heavy. we ended up kind of here, you know. Right. Um and I we try to pull out that kind of history. So like I took a trip to the Department of Records and we were looking at master files from the 1700s, and it would say the okay. name of, like, Garrett Nostrand, like, one slave, blah, blah, black, wow. male. You know, and it's, like, all these streets that we walk on every day, you know, like, to know that our ancestors built those very streets, and years later, generations later, that same family might not be able to live there for economic reasons. I think that there's something really powerful, but also something interesting and and. And, like, it's just a story that needs to be told Um, because as we were kind of going through, like, what could have happened. So a lot of times, like, a slave master in New York, they would live with their slaves because, like, housing in Brooklyn is just very different. It's not like the South where it's, like, a large plantation. So a slave would either live in the basement or they would live in the attic. And so they would come outside of their house to do the work. So we can imagine like, okay, Garrett Nostrand had a house on the street that we call Nostrand. And his slaves came out Mm. every day to build that street called Nostrand. And then he amasses all these riches and then one day decides that he wants to live in Long Island. So he can move out there, but he's like, all right, I want to keep my slaves. So I'm going to give them the house and they can continue to work and kind of pay off the house. So like from like the 1600s to like the 1800s, they'll be living there generation after generation trying to pay it off. And then you start thinking about all the things that are happening in like the 19th century, like the Great Depression and the different wars and redlining, the civil rights movement. Like that family could have very well been there from the 1600s and because of the circumstances could not have moved. And now when they finally have a chance to move, or a chance to enjoy the neighborhood that they built, they can't afford to live there. And so like, again, it's like bringing out those stories like that. It's a hard truth for people to hear because I think for a lot of people that are moving to New York, they're excited about the idea of what New York is, but they don't realize that people actually live here. And so a lot of times when I'm bringing up these stories or talking about gentrification, it makes people uncomfortable, but I've learned not to make people's discomfort stop me from doing what it is I have to do. Exactly. Preach. Ain't no clear people discomfort gonna stop it. <laughs> I likes that. I think it's important though that we have a black woman telling this story. How do you feel about that? Don't laugh for real. I call them clear people. What what is wrong? What am I supposed to say? I was saying white folk and it was it was like that's a little harsh to the ears. They clear people. Um unseasoned. What I think <laughs> what I think. Yo, shout yes. out my white my white listeners. <laughs> Yes, what I think this beautiful black queen is doing is absolutely amazing. But not only that, it's educational. So, like, I'm always willing to learn in your teaching, like, one of my favorite subjects. History is my favorite subject. And the textbooks don't teach you mm-hmm. what, you're, what you're teaching. So I think that alone, you stand in leadership because you're a teacher. Like, I think it's beautiful. So it's, I don't even know. I think the textbooks don't teach you all of it. Mm-hmm. But... It also goes over your head because it's like you have a clear person, nine times out of ten, teaching you. And they kind of try to not skip by, but like just get as smoothly through the whole discussion of slavery as they can. And, you know, limited amount of questions and like this is what it was. Mm. Let's move on. At least that's what I was getting. It was very like, you know, I don't know why this was like this. This is how it was. Let's let's get to where we going. So to have you, mm-hmm. who is not moved by anyone being uncomfortable, still trying to teach and 
put it into things that we still appreciate today, I think is what's like coolest about it. Because you could have just came out with a book or, or came out with like an online seminar. But you, you're doing it in a way that like this is still an art that we appreciate, especially like today. Everybody's like, no, because I'm an entrepreneur and I'm kicking it to mm-hmm. the man. Mm-hmm. But and then here you, you are doing it. But then you meet people you relate to because mm-hmm. I sat here, I met you just now, and I knew nothing about you but the research that I've done on you. <laughs> and Because um, oh, we do our homework. Yeah. <laughs> we do what we do. We do our homework. And... um. You sat here and with your graces and your knowledge that you've already spit right now, like <laughs> I relate to you in so many ways and have so many more questions for you, like that I didn't even think that I was going to have. So I think that's a bigger picture too because we have to speak to the black teachers and the black community that does fight for the kids because, you know, not saying that you didn't create this from within you, but that came from a different power from somewhere else. Because if you touched me, I've been touched before, and I know this language, and it's resonated in me too. Like I've had teachers that have sat here and said, let me teach you your history, and that's how I know today that like there are things that I weren't taught, and I have to like dig and do the research, but I would tune into you to get it. So you're providing that platform where you're saying, hey, let me do the work for you. Just listen. Like, I'm guiding you to the water. Drink it, you know? Yeah. And I think the change also comes from the top because I, I come from a home of educators. So yeah. two of the lovely ladies sitting behind me are teachers. Um, and I remember maybe like two weeks or so ago, we were reading an article about how the DOE has a new program that they're coming out with for New York City where they're trying to teach culturally relevant curriculum or, you know, make it a standard that we're teaching things and touching students of color, specifically black and brown students, in a way that's relatable to them. So what I'm hoping will happen in the future is that as we finish up this film, we can create a curriculum that can kind of go inside yes. of schools and make a difference because now they're, their ears are open and they're mm-hmm. listening for it. Um, so it's just about providing the content so that it can be taught in different schools. Yeah. That's amazing. And the next thing you know, you have all the kids back in sneakers. Right. Oh, oh, my God. I think that that's amazing, though, because I'm a teacher as well. You know, those who can't do teach and those who can't teach, teach gym. I teach gym. <laughs> yeah that's what i do you know what i'm saying i'm i'm just out here making sure the kids stay fit you know what i'm saying fitness is a thing for me but I think, for real you can't tell you know i'm a little fluffy but you know i know where i fit in the line i'm just trying to get the kids to figure out where they fit on the spectrum. I already know where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? You ever see Despicable Me? Yeah. See where she was like, he's so fluffy. That's yeah. me. You know what I'm saying? I'm good with it. I'm okay. But you know, I'm just trying to lead the youth. You know what I'm saying? You are a hot mess. But I do think that um, at first what, what really got me with the, the film was the name. Mm. I was like, yo, that's fire. And I enjoyed Thank Kale. You. So I was like, yeah. I feel a little seen. Yeah. You know I was a little bit like, yeah, wait, I like, wait a minute. As I sip on my kale juice, what's this? Oh, seriously. Like, I was like, yo. This is real. Yeah, I was like, who's subbing me on the internet? Like, who's talking about me? I don't do nothing to nobody but deliver good content. So they, they fell for that. And then yeah, I went I was trying to figure it all out with yeah. the title alone. I went into it like, oh, this is beautiful. Yeah. At first, I was like, wow, they really talking about me, huh? <laughs> I was like, that's insane. Where, where'd you come up with the name? Okay, so I'm actually very inspired by photographer Jamel Shabazz. Um, yes. He is, good he is job. amazing. And he has a book 
called A Time Before Crack. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to see him at BAM, and he was saying that he titled the book A Time Before Crack because when he and his team were kind of laying out the pictures to figure out what books they were going, they noticed that there was a huge difference between pictures of people in the early 80s and the late 80s. And they definitely had to say, like, okay, it was the crack epidemic. And he titled the book A Time Before Crack because he wanted to show that there was life and beautiful people and families and neighborhoods before this hit. And so I remember hearing that, and it really touched me, and it stayed with me for a long time. And so when I was thinking about creating this documentary to talk about what was going on, well, actually, it was a photo project at first. When I was thinking about creating this project at first, I'm like, well, maybe I can call it a time before Kale, because in a way, I'm trying to document the community before the narrative came and said that all of these neighborhoods were so bad and then gentrification happened and everything's perfect. It's like, no, like people have lived here and they have worked really hard to try to make the neighborhood a better place. It's just systems that are in place that, you know, prevented them from seeing it come to fruition the way in which, you know, we would have liked to. So um, I named it a time before Kale, and of course I had to get his blessing on it. So, you know, I met him a few times and he's so kind. I got to interview him for the documentary. So that's, that's going to be cool. in there. And he was very proud, very, um, very, very kind. Was sharing all the resources that he could, drop some major knowledge that I'm super excited to like share in the doc. So, yeah, that's that's dope. I'll never dope. see Kale the same. <laughs> <laughs> never. But, you know. <laughs> I was actually going to ask you, um, and I still might, um, what three words def- that you could pick that would define, you know, who you are, who your character is. But I kind of wanted to know, because Lee brought up um, saying, are you, you're not fearless. You are fearless in your craft. Be very clear. Heavy on the fearless. You are fearless <laughs> in your craft. Um, but I wanted to know just you being human and absorbing everything that's around you and you know you know, kind of what you've learned and what you had to unlearn and then relearn Mm -hmm. and then teach. Do you ever fear that, like, you know, you would be stopped or, like, people would try to stop what you're trying to do in the movement that you're creating? Um, That happens every day, (laughs) you know? It happens every day in in very different ways, whether Mm -hmm. it be comments from other people who work in media or just restrictions in terms of access to doing interviews certain places, you know, where there is a lot of information that I like to share. Um, But if anything, if there's anything I had to learn, which I think was one word that came to my mind when when you were thinking about the three is resilience. You know, Mm -hmm. I've learned how to pick myself back up and, and mold myself in another way. So I've, I've learned, like, if I can't get through the door, then I got to jump through the window. And if I can't get through the window, I got to find a way through the basement. Like, I'm always finding different ways to, to make things work because um, if, if you don't do it, if you stop, then, then nobody picks it up. You know, who, who will continue this work? Like, if I was to stop at Time Before a Kill tomorrow, I mean, I would hope somebody would be inspired to pick it up and keep going, but it comes with a lot of hurdles. So, you know, I just figure while I'm here and I have the youth and I have, like, the fearlessness in me, I might as well continue on this journey because if you don't do it, then who will? Yeah, complete the job. Yeah. So what would be the other two words? Um, hmm. So resilience would definitely be number one. I think compassionate. Um, I'm very conscious of my community and a lot of things that I do, and I try to always give back to my community in a way um, because I feel like they have made me who I am. So compassionate. And maybe the last one, quiet. 
You know, I think a lot of people don't realize that I'm very quiet. Um, I'm very introverted, but I feel like that's become one of my strengths because, you know, growing up I was quiet, but I was always listening and observing things. And I feel like now it's paid off so much because I've learned so much about what makes people excited, what makes people, you know, want to talk about certain things. And I kind of use that to keep my art, you know, interesting and exciting for people because I, I feel like I understand, um, you know, how to be conscious of how people feel. That's amazing. That I was is. gonna say genuine. Oh yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Some people You're like, awesome. I love her. Wow. Why you looked at me? Cause say it to her. <laughs> I, I love you. You're amazing. No, because what I was supposed to say, she said to tell you that she <laughs> Lee always had to find no. a way to pick on me. She didn't do it. She didn't do it in the intro, but I'm she found saying. a way to just get me. I knew it was I'm coming. I knew it was coming. Say it, to her. it was coming. But you can just hear that she's genuine. Like yeah, some people, like they have on their microphone voice. I, I just yeah. be like, just stop it right now. I got on my <laughs> microphone voice. Now you got on your voice. I can't do it. We both can't do it. Like, when, but, when's your birthday? August sixteenth. Oh, it just passed. It happy, is. Belated. happy belated Thank birthday. birthday! Yeah, this this is. Come on, let me ask on her business. <laughs> I asked her her age. Anyway. <laughs> and I told you don't ask her business. Asha, we, we Yo, we I mean, some, you're not. You might just have to kick out the comment. Yo. No, but youth has come up a lot in this mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw the commercial. And oh, you have the youth in it. How important was it to have the kids come and dance for you? That was integral they didn't just dance they directed well, produced oh, yes. and edited the entire That's commercial These so kids are crazy yes. yeah um once i got the opportunity and i knew that i was confirmed to design this shoe and that it was like on the way um i was talking to a friend and immediately we were like okay like, I'm all about community, so how do I now give back? Because to me, the fact that I've designed it, that's that's good enough for me already. How do I put somebody else on? Um, and so it was, like, natural to just kind of go to my mentees. I have two mentees, Aaliyah War and Jo Joelle Salguro. I checked them and, out today. Oh, yeah. Yes, as you I'm should. Doing my homework. As you should. Did you follow them? Yeah, yeah, I did. Thank you. Yeah. They're amazing filmmakers. They literally just graduated a high school called Digital Tech Arts and Cinema, where they learned how to produce um, television, produce like content. And so um, just knowing that about them and knowing that they were in a place where they're actually unsure about their history in the entertainment industry, I'm like, okay, no, we're going to make this a real life opportunity. So I immediately wrote them kind of blindly. And I'm like, I want to pitch something to you. And I made sure I use that language because I'm like, I don't want to just say like, okay, make this commercial for me. It's like, no, I want to pitch this to you. I want to make this seem as professional as possible. So I called them in for a meeting. Um, I presented the idea to them. They were super excited. And they just went to work from there. Um, the overall concept and campaign for the shoe was like, it was originally Take Brooklyn With You, but now it's Take New York With You because people outside of Brooklyn are like, I love right. this. You know, can't deny them that. But it's Take New York With I'm You. I'm from Brooklyn, so I will. But yeah, I completely <laughs> understand. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we, we wanted to make something where it's like, you can take the city out the person. You can take the person out the city, but you can't take the city out of a person. So that's exactly. kind of like the core of the campaign. And they took it to a whole other level, conceptualizing like, okay, what if we had a dancer and she was waiting on the train and she was tired and she falls asleep on the train, she puts on the R forty sixes and then she's battling Showtime. And I'm like, this is the most like New York thing, thing ever, right? Ever. <laughs> but like, it was so beautiful how it came together because actually one of my really good friends from high school, Jamara Hill, 
Um, she has a dance company called Young Supreme, and she has high school dancers. And so we thought it was kind of like the perfect marriage and the perfect opportunity yeah. to put all of these kids on. And so they finished conceptualizing the commercials, scripting it. They were like so. doing all the camera work. We did the edit together, and it just came out so amazing. And I'm so excited to like continue to blast them and put them on and share them with the world because I think they're super talented kids. Yeah. Oh, I. you know what I just remembered? I don't, I don't like lying. I'm sorry. I didn't follow them. My food has stopped in the microwave. Oh, and then I left. <laughs> I did. I mean, but I'm going to do it as soon as we finish You it. should. As soon because I was going through um, Aaliyah. I oh, went through yeah. Her and then I went to, how do you say his name? Joel. Joel. I went to his page, yes, and then the microwave hit me. I had to eat. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I had to eat. But it's, it, I, was, I remember saying, now, nah, this is fire. So I'm definitely going to follow. I think that, you know, especially me working with the kids, mm. like, just... The fact that they did that. Yeah. Like, at first, I thought they just had a hand in helping you. They did all of that. That's they did that's all insane. Of that. I tried to be as hands off as possible. It's a little hard because I'm a director, you know. Yeah. So, but I said, you know what? I trust them and I trust their vision. They're super talented. Aaliyah, I think, just won an award at Tribeca for a film that she created, a short film Amazing. called "The Art of Parenting." And so, just to see her in action as a director, and I, I sat in the edit with Joelle, and I only answered like one super hard question, but for the most part, just to see them kind of take the reins and do something like this and know that they can put on their resume like made a commercial for a Nike product like that's incredible yeah yeah absolutely yeah, what what was what was the reaction like getting the shoe for, for, first let me let me start from the beginning what was that like when they hit you up oh my gosh <laughs> I I was trying to figure out if it, if it was real you know yeah, I was just um, about I remember... to say you thought it was a scam right <laughs> not quite so they, they like <laughs> popped up on my Instagram through like sponsored content cultivator and I'm like okay they're like we're specifically looking for New York City creators who can tell New York stories and I'm like I'm a New York creator that's telling New York stories. So I just kind of like wrote them about what it is that I'm doing. They had a little form on their website and then I didn't hear back from them for a long time. So I'm like, okay, it's another thing you apply for right. that you don't get. That's all right. And then I remember I was just about to go on vacation with my family and I got the email saying like, okay, we like your story. Here's the Air Max React 270 like design. And I was just like, oh. Okay. <laughs> so literally in the middle of vacation, they gave us about 15 colors in the colorway. I'm like kind of studying them, trying to make it make sense. But once I saw the hues of orange, I'm like, okay, this is the A-Train. And then I started thinking about the history of the A-Train. And then I'm like, oh, this ties perfectly back into the documentary. So kind of made a whole story there and submitted it to them. And literally a week later, they're like, we love this, but you got to get approved by the Nike team because this is the first year that Nike is actually going to host our creatives on their website because before Cultivator was just doing it off of their own website, but because Nike is rebranding Nike ID to Nike by you, like we have a chance to really be seen like on their page. And so it took about two weeks just kind of waiting in the dark to see what would happen because, you know, they usually sponsor athletes. Mm -hmm. um, so sponsoring creatives from a bunch of different lanes, that's new for them. But once I finally got the okay from their team, it was just like a sigh of relief. Like, okay, this is happening. And then I think I personally went into airplane mode because I'm like, okay, this is this is happening, you know? And then it wasn't until the shoe actually came and I got to open the box, then it was like, oh, wow, this is real. And then I remember like, 
walking down the street to the train station the next day and like seeing kids playing and here I am getting emotional like oh my gosh don't know that it's possible because I you know, like, I was having so many moments and, and then I went back into airplane mode again to like make all the promotional content and then now that it's out seeing the reaction and seeing what it's doing for people in my community even the fact that they can believe that it's possible because I did it that's when it's just like oh wow this is so real I just want to say, um, I used to work at Nike. I deleted those tweets. So when y'all ready for me to do my shoe, <laughs> I didn't mean what I said. Yo, when I was yo. at work and I was saying all that stuff, Stop I was just reckless. joking. I mean, I, I didn't, like I said, I deleted those tweets. So, Listen, what you tweeted. So taught me. I, I deleted those tweets. <laughs> yeah. They're gone. Those feelings are gone. So whenever y'all are ready, I'm still here. <laughs> no, nah, nah, but like, so when you got the sneaker the first time, like, what what went through your head just seeing your design? I mean, I opened it with my family, so that oh, was so beautiful. That it was, was like Christmas. So huh? It really was like Christmas. I be knowing. <laughs> and it comes in this huge. Well, for me, it came in a huge brown box, and then you kind of open the brown box, and they strategic. They are so good. Like you, you pull the little flap down and then the first thing you see is like Nike by Asha and a picture of the sneaker. And even seeing like Nike by Asha in the Nike font, that was like, oh wow. And then just pulling it out and looking at it for the first time. And then we have like seven and eight on the back of one side and ATPK for a time before kill on the back of the other side. Like just seeing that in person and seeing the colorway in effect, it, it just it just hit me all at once. And I couldn't stop laughing, you know, <laughs> like my mom was recording me. I think I have that video on my Instagram page and she was like so excited. Every time I show her something, she's like, oh, my gosh. Um, and my sister wasn't home at that time. But I remember when she saw it, she was just like, oh, this is amazing. And when my other sister Candace saw it and she saw the seven one eight on the back, like everybody had the same reaction. So it was just a really good feeling. That's dope. I'm not even that part is. of your family. I was mad hype. <laughs> I was like, yo, this is lit. And then we tried to make the pop up because it's like right by my house, but we just couldn't make it in time. And I was like, you don't understand. Yeah, I have we to were go. Really, like, no, we were really like, trying you to don't make get it. Like, she got a shoe that say seven one eight. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we really yeah. did. We really yeah, did like because it just like. That just ignited a fire that is. It, she it's hard to explain. About it. Facts. Oh, really? wow. She couldn't. All right, she all right, don't do that. Stop I would do that myself. <laughs> no, Let me tell her. So, but it. But that. That's the point. So that's what it was Let supposed to do. I'm yeah, a you were supposed to. You gotta share that. <laughs> I was. I was very excited. <laughs> like, no, you don't get it. The shoe was important. <laughs> like. When I, even when I reached out, like I'm like, nah, son, she got to check her email, right? Yeah, Lee like, will talk to it, you right? this whole interview about the sneaker. Like, <laughs> she will. Because I'm into sneakers. Yeah, yeah she's into I appreciate sneakers. it, though, because, yeah. you know, we only got, this is the last week that it's available. Exactly. So we're just kind of hoping to do our best marketing mm -hmm. efforts going forward. Actually, like, the reason why we were also down here so early is because I just took my display case pair to the Fifth Avenue store. So when you go to the Fifth Avenue store and you that go to the fifth so floor, tough. you'll see the shoe I'm in the so case. And, like, you, like, people can order it right there by the computer. It's, it's crazy. Just for the week, though, right? They can order it? You can yeah. Order it. Yeah, right. after September 1st. They're going to give you the sneaker bag? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure that the shoe you only got one. makes it way back You only home. got one? Um, I have the ones that I'm wearing, and then oh, I have okay. a display care yeah. piece. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. Trippy, she only have one. They her shoes. <laughs> no, nah, what? nah. It's cool. I got a lot of pairs. Why are you <laughs> relax? Nah, son, this is important. This is big for. I'm from Brooklyn. You don't get it. You're from the Absolute. Bronx. She doesn't understand. Oh, wow. Yeah, she doesn't understand. I'm sure y'all have the a creator shade. though. I'm just saying. You do. You do. You, you do. do have a creator. 
You need to look it up. You know, I but, can't help you. <laughs> but you being shady, though. I'm not Stop being, being shady, shady to the Bronx. I'm okay. happy for Because if it wasn't for the Bronx. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Please, not this one. You already know. <laughs> not this one. <laughs> no, so, like, when when the sneaker, I, I don't See? think it will die. Don't do that. Don't. I'm, I'm into sneakers, and she's going to penalize me for it. I'm just I'm saying, like, I'm trying to ask her I'm, some I'm, stuff, you know? What's I'm up? one of those people that, like, like trying I to went get to, to know party. Asha, too. Like I went to a party one New Year's. And this girl, I had just put on these pair of sneakers. I had them for a year. I put them on. I'm like, I'm going to wear them. This girl stepped on my foot and I went home. The night was over. I, I care about my shoes. You As know you what I'm saying? Like, I really care. So she she don't understand. Go ahead. Ask, ask <laughs> I your do question. understand. Ahead, I'm going to make sure you buy us sneakers. Uh, okay. Yes. Okay. She said See? us. She said us. <laughs> she buy a movie? Yeah, because you're not just buying a pair for yourself. I want one to do that. Okay, so ask your question, Noel. Anyway. <laughs> no, we were talking about the kids and, like, it really affected you when you saw, you know, them on the street and, like, them playing outside and you had the sneaker, like, and that's the vision. And you work with kids, too. Like, mm-hmm. I saw um, the dinner table doc and the events that you're doing with that. Like, I wanted to talk about that and introduce that topic sure. on what you're doing because... That resonates with me a lot. Like, women empowerment is super dope. So talk a little bit about that. Sure. So the dinner table is my 501c3 nonprofit organization. We help young women of color, especially black girls, ages 11 through 18, by providing college and career readiness programs. Um, We have four events that we do a year, the biggest event being our namesake, a dinner, where we bring middle school students, high school students, college students, but also professional women to the table to not just network, but talk about identity first. And so we don't really have VIP tables. We mix everybody in together, and we give everybody the opportunity to know each other. We try to do some career matching, but for the most part, we really want girls to know that they have a seat at the table, and we want to teach them how to advocate for themselves once they're at the table and know that they're not alone because the person sitting next to them, you know, is not too far from where they are or where they want to be. You see how she keeps speaking French? She's saying we. I like that. I, like <laughs> I love that. it. You know what I'm saying? A lot I of people, they, they speak I, me. Mm, yeah. You, you, you You're very much with we. the French. Yeah. I like it. I, I like it, it a lot. Thank so you. So your team, how, how vital are they to the execution? Is it just like, I did this already, just go follow up? Do you guys oh, come mm, together? Mm, 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 mm. It okay. is very much a team effort because I could not do any of the work that I do on my own. I, I mean, I try to juggle as much as I can, but it is a lot of work. At our events, we usually have between 150 and like 200 girls show up, and that's, that's a crazy. lot of yes. students. That's a I lot saw of the visuals needs, and like, all that. Yeah. Created by students, too. Just want yes. to throw it out there. Wow. Um, but, you know, that, that's a lot of needs to meet, and so there are a lot of things that have to be in place. And what I love about my team is that everybody comes from very diverse backgrounds. So we have some people who are social workers, other educators we have people that work in finance you know just kind of putting all of our ideas together to make the best and well-rounded experience for the girls um so it's just been so important to work with them and then we also have an internship program that's maybe like three or four years old now and the interns that we have had throughout the years have been amazing we start with high school students because you know 
why not have a high school intern? Why yeah. not expose them to opportunities? They're ready to learn. They want to do. Oh, my God. And they do an incredible job. And, and it's so much fun and so exciting to see them intern with us and then move on and then somehow come back, you know, right. once they've graduated. Like, hey, do you still need help? Do you still need something? We actually had um, one situation where we had a young lady intern with us when she was in high school. And then she started college, came back to intern with us again. And now that she's getting ready for her senior year, she's going towards like a career in advertising and marketing she interned at an advertising company and every year um, the young people of color who are interning there do like a, a project called the Young Commodores and they create commercials for TV for nonprofits. So when she was finished with that internship, she was like, you have to make a commercial for the dinner table. It has to happen. And that actually yeah. happened for us this yeah. year. So we have a and TV commercial. cycles back. Yeah, like. I mean, it, it's insane. And, and literally maybe like a week or so ago, I went up to the advertising company to see the commercial for the first time and just knowing that it's going to be on TV literally right after right after all the Nike stuff is finished then it's like the commercial drops and everything just keeps going I'm I'm just so excited so you're cycling in your community and then I see that you're cycling in other businesses big businesses that sponsor <laughs> you told yeah. Kevin no we um, you got Target with you Costco like you have major players with you that aren't necessarily from your community mm -hmm. and how I don't want to say how you pulled that off, like, but I would want to say, how is it working with companies like that who really truly believe in you? Um, it's it's important for us to first reach out to them because they are servicing people in the community. Everybody goes to Costco right. at some point. <laughs> There's a Target everywhere, you know. So we want to make sure and hold them accountable for their corporate social responsibility. You know, they have to give back to the community. So we're like, okay, we're just not we're gonna we're not gonna let you guys get away with just like saying, oh, we we gave like you know some food to this charity or this. Yeah, you hospital. put it in it's a like, commercial in the know, fine print. Yeah, <laughs> we don't you know. know. Or they start talking fast in the commercial. Like, right. no, we no, don't like the fact sheet. You need the fact. <laughs> Sheets. You actually have to make sure that you're servicing the people here. So we we build relationships with them. We go to the targets often. We invite them to the events. So they come back in and they see like where their money is going and how their donations are being used. And even if they don't come, then we send pictures and cards. <laughs> That's dope. We got a woman of power in the room. That's beautiful. Thank you. Come on, come on. That's shoot amazing. a shoot. I, I got us. Yeah. Shoot a <laughs> shoot. So, so what does a woman have to do to be considered... A professional woman in the industry and be invited to this dinner. You know, shoot a shoot, no we <laughs> shoot a shoot. What's up? You, you know, honestly, if you feel like you belong there, then you more than likely do absolutely. belong. Absolutely, do you absolutely like if right, you feel right, like so you I need do. to have a seat yeah. at the table, then please pull yeah. up to the dinner table because we need more women who are in diverse career fields, but also from different paths. Yeah. Because again, as you can imagine, we have girls coming from all different walks of life, you know? And so we try to meet them where they are as best as we can by giving them real life examples, which is again, why we don't have any VIP tables. Cause you know, you ever went to like one of those networking events and it's like, mm -hmm. the important yeah. is over here. Right. Yeah. And then you all the way You're trying to here. pass the line. They be like, hey, where you going? Where you going? <laughs> as soon as you said that, you get the point. Yeah. When you go to those places, you don't really get the point. Like yeah. even when you buy in VIP tickets, it's like, okay, well, what what's the incentive on going on being in a different section if somebody that I need to have that has general tickets I need to talk to too. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, I definitely agree with, with, with that. That's that's amazing. Soon Thank as you, you said. I, I should have told you on the way coming here, I completely forgot. But that color shirt, 
I'm gonna need two of those. Got you. Yeah, gotcha. I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need two yeah. of those. Yeah. And seeing those. the girls on stage, <laughs> I'm trying to speak French. You're not acknowledging me. I got we. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Seeing the little girls on stage was it for me because that showed that they're ready. Like mm-hmm. they want to go on stage. They want to share their story. And they were young. Like I'm little girls on the mic on the stage. I'm like that's that's great. So what you're starting is even within them having a voice. Absolutely. Because we don't get that. We don't get we're always told even at home, be quiet. Stop talking. Like um follow this and do that the instead biggest of saying, one like, uh you supposed to be seen and not heard. Yeah. Mm. And I think there's a balance because you said how quiet you are, but you are loud in your <laughs> heavy. You in are the loud in your aura and what you're doing, and I think that that that's awesome. You know, like, it was one thing that stuck out to me so yeah. far since you started speaking: the fact that yeah, you you're introverted, but you're able to, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, change face in different mm. spaces. I just got one face and it's me. <laughs> it's just one mean face. Like I'm just like, but if you give me a chance, I'm super nice. Like, cheese. Like that's why it was imperative that I had no well Keiko because it's like, look, the balance. <laughs> I'm like, there's there's certain spaces that people just off rip. They won't give me the chance, but they'll mm-hmm. give her the chance. So I just be like, I'm with her. Um, with thanks. I'm but with you know, one. even I'm in situations it. like that, it's like. I've also learned that I've had to stick to my morals and, and, mm. and, you know, carry integrity because a lot of times, like, people, because I present a certain way, they they like, oh, we can make her the poster girl for something, you know, and they put me on a platform and they don't expect me to use my voice in the way that I do. So then when I start, you know, advocating for my community or talking about things that are unfair, then it's just like, whoa, whoa, we oh, didn't, no. you know, what were you doing? We asked you to do one thing. <laughs> but I'm always like, oh, y'all gonna call me back in five years when something big happens and then you're proud to have had me be a part of this program that's an amazing way to see it too so it's like what one thing i'm learning even me just being in audio Mm. every closed door isn't a loss i honestly none of them are they're all lessons but like some doors they close and it hurt a little bit more Mm. but like just from listening to you just that perspective of like i'm not doing anything wrong and and yeah of course there's things i can adjust but you'll be back it took me a while to uh, even think about something like that. Like mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. for a very long time in the beginning, it was like a door would close and they'd be like, damn, I probably shouldn't be doing this. Now it's, I'm kind of opening up and I'm like, kind of good. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to be honest we'll be with you. I need it today. Like that's why I'm like so gravitated toward you and your spirit and what you're bringing to the table and why. Like I Facts. Know, she wanted to like, quit. Nah, yeah, we're going to talk about it. Yeah, we're going to oh. talk about it, Queen. No, no, no. Nah, we're going to talk about it, Queen. Noelle K didn't want to sing no more. She, she's, and I didn't now say I'm that. Now I'm lying. Now, you, would you like me to show her the text? Yeah, I could show, you could show her the text. I said I didn't want to, not that I didn't want to I don't like when I'll be like, you want me to do this and I'll be trying to tell you Anymore, she asked yes. me. I hate when you. She asked me. She asked me and I said, no, it's not that. I wanted to take a step back because there were things that I was saying I wanted for myself. And I, I was mentioning like, okay, I need to be good, my peace needs to be good, my mental needs to be good. So if I keep saying this, obviously there are things that I'm not doing because I'm so focused mm. on music and pushing music and I need the help and I need certain things and I have to figure out ways to get it because when you when you think you're going to go one way, mm-hmm. 
the door closes on you and you're like, what to do? It That's my fear spot, is not knowing what to do after the failure. It's not to fail. I'm expecting it, but it's like, oh, okay, I fell. What do I do now? Mm-hmm. And then you always want to go harder. You mm-hmm. always want to make sure your next move is your next best move. Mm-hmm. It's better than your last. So it's not that I wanted to quit. I just was like, let me take a step back. So many things are flaring and none of them are simmering down, balancing mm-hmm. out. It's just flaring. Like, hold on. I need to stop. I need my body. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm physically tired. And if you sleep in and then you wake up and you're tired and then you're not sleeping and you wake up and you're tired, it either one that you do, you're not getting out of it. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to clarify that. <laughs> because... I'm still going to tweet it. Noel K didn't want to sing. You not. I said, well, I'm not. <laughs> like, who going to check me, boo? But I needed this just now because literally I was going through that. Like I was having a moment where I'm like, what do I do? Like, mm-hmm. I'm sending out blasts like, I need a new engineer. I need a new studio. I want to sing. I mm-hmm. want to sing. That's what I want to do. If I'm not doing that and I'm always pushing content and doing the jobs that I'm not privy on and I'm just running in the same circles because I'm only doing what I know mm-hmm. and what I can teach myself this far with the time I have, where am I going to go? But around in the circle again i want to go straight i want to make some turns i want to go up some hills down some hills i want to go on the highway this is so beautiful because now everybody in the room could put therapists on their resume (laughs) we got this we got you you know what i'm saying and you know i think sometimes uh, not to bring back to nike you know what i'm saying you know sometimes sometimes you just you just got to do it you know i remember i was watching an interview with tinker hatfield and he's the person who designed the uh, Air Jordan. Oh, we. Oh, she don't. Sorry. And I remember I was watching an interview, and he was talking about when he first got the chance to design. <laughs> when he first got the chance to design the Jordan, and the fact that he didn't have everything that he wanted to have, or he didn't have everything that he needed, but he had to learn how to make the best out of every situation. And so that was kind of like the best advice for me to hear going into this, because it's like, you know, things didn't go all the way according to plan, but I just had to keep moving because a lot of times like, I'll let my fear paralyze me and stop moving. But it's like sometimes you can move scared and you'll be okay. Because even though you don't know everything that's coming up, at least you're moving in a direction versus like standing still. And I think if there's anything I learned also is that success is less about talent and more about timing. Mm. And it's like if you keep moving and working on what it is that you love, like at some point, like it will find you and you won't even be all the way prepared. But the fact that you're moving and you'll continue to move like You'll find your way. Yeah. That was a Thank gem. You. Please don't point this jury. It's not talent. Mm-hmm. It's timing. It's timing. When you see it me is. say that on Instagram, don't try to comment and say, well, I said that. No, because I, <laughs> I don't care. Look I'm saying up. it. I don't. I'm so done. Look at you I being a thief. I will give you credit like the big companies in the fucking <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Nah, I'm going to give you facts. Facts. I'm going to say it mad loud and they be like, nah, because it's crazy. <laughs> So yeah, thank you. I needed today. I did, and I definitely want to work with you. Like, I want. I was shoot interested. Shoot shoot, Noe. I was interested in why you chose filming over stage because I come from the stage, and that's really kind of what I'm having trouble with, or what I've always had trouble with on my journey of the keep going mm-hmm. is making my stage voice a voice on a record, mm. and it's 
very hard to do. Like even in my intimate ses- sessions with producers, they'll tell me like, "Yo, this is annoying on your voice because I gotta do this," and it's and it's out of love. It's out of the comfortability and the comfort zones that we've ha- that we have and the boundaries that we set. Mm-hmm. But it's still like, dang, like and deep down you're like. Yeah, I know. You know, mm-hmm. I've I've been told this before, and it's one thing after the of the other, or the same thing. So, I wanted to know why you chose filming instead of stage, because I know in both of them you learn both. Yeah, um, I think filming just felt very natural because I was already in journalism, and I I love studying, I love research, and I love taking the time to do something and do it very well. And so because I have a background in journalism and photography, like I know my way around the camera. I can make my way around Mm -hmm. Photoshop. I understand white balances. And so what was cool for me was that when I transitioned to film and I started working with other filmmakers, other cinematographers, like I know what they're talking about, you know? So as a director, if I want something to look a certain way, like somebody can't just say like, okay, this is just how I shoot. I'm like, no, you got to change the white balance because this is off, this is off, this is off. You know, like we can kind of speak the same language. And so I take a lot of notes from Beyonce. (laughs) I think how she runs her business and her brand is very incredible. Um, And one thing that I've like heard about her is that she's always learning and she's always like trying to understand everything that's around her. So I try to do the same thing. I want to understand, you know, why this works this way versus why it doesn't work that way so that I can communicate well with the team around me. So they understand my vision in the most like proficient way. So like when we get on set and this is how I want something, nobody can say I didn't know. It's like, no, no, no. Did you read? Because I wrote it clearly in the way that you speak as a producer or the way that you speak as a cinematographer or the way that you speak as an audio engineer you know i was listening and i know the language that you use you know so that's how i try to like yes that's so you gonna run for president or no (laughs) (laughs) at this point i'm willing to follow you to anything that's that's we in this together that's more in the box you're definitely outside of that but that's such a that that's a major key because Mm -hmm. just to communicate things in a language yeah that people understand a and lot I of say times. that all the time to like people I work with. I'm like, well, what's this? I want to learn this, and I want to know how to do that because I need to be able to speak your language mm-hmm. to you, and then know what I want. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times you don't know if you're if it's a unfamiliar space. So yeah, that's a, yeah, that's and a take dope classes because yeah. even when people won't explain, I'm like, well, I'm gonna figure this out on my own, yeah. you know. And so I'll take a class in like audio engineer. I'll take a class in like coloring, and you know, so I could speak to the colorist about how I want the hues to come out. Like I, I'm just very specific in how I want things, and I want to make sure that it's executed the way that I believe it should be. That's amazing because the research part of being an entrepreneur isn't always highlighted. Mm-hmm. The 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 homework part of it kind of swept under the rug because it looks so nice yeah, and shiny. The reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, reading is a skill that we need to exercise. You know All what I mean? the time. Listening is also a skill. And these are things that they're not like front street about in entrepreneurship. And I, I've noticed just from checking you out, like you, you pay attention, like the smallest details mean something to you. A lot of, a lot of newfound creators, um, I think they're amazing, but I think the the part where you're supposed to down to like, since you have a shoe down to like the lace locks, uh, mm-hmm. that has to tie in. Like, 
And that's why I like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it means so much because everything is you a got part it. of the story. Absolutely. It's, especially, I'm, I'm not going to ruin my shot with Nike, but a lot of times shoes are being put out and, you know, the stories are amazing. Mm-hmm. But there's something that is just like, uh, where, where did this come from? Why, why this choice that maybe we're just not getting, maybe I'm just not getting as a person who is an enthusiast, enthusiast of shoes. Did I say that right? Enthusiast. Yeah. Come on, we, we're trying I mean, to be proper today. there are a lot today. of shoes like that. They but they don't have not, a story. Not, <laughs> <laughs> but no, 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 no. For the, most part, for the most part, yes, some things just work. Yeah. But there's always, there's, lately there's been things that's like, well, how does this tie in? I, as an enthusiast, want to know. Mm-hmm. And because I was able to just have my questions answered with your shoe, I think that is one of the biggest things that excited me. Because one, yeah, I'm from here, but it was just like, there's nothing that I could say, well, well, why did you do that? Like, everything was there for me. And it's been so long since I've had that. Like, I think the last time I had that, I, I was a kid. It was like, maybe the Jordan one. And it was specifically the bread, the band. No, the bread. Mm-hmm. The bread, the bread ones that I just knew all the answers. Every other shoe, it ties into me personally. Like, mm-hmm. my sister or my mom had these. And maybe it's the research. But, but you have a you... lot of ones, though. That's great. Okay. Right. Um... <laughs> okay. <laughs> what, what, what you trying to say, sis? <laughs> but up? I'm saying, Who like, check me, boo? What up? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, no, look. Let me tell you something about the one. I have fat feet. So I. it's not that I have a lot of ones. It's that I worked there. And I just was coming across ones that now they started to become wider. Mm-hmm. And now I can fit them. The one is a great silhouette. It wasn't mm-hmm. always a great fit for wide feet. So now that I know I could do it, I lost a little bit of weight, started wilding, gained a little bit back, but not in my feet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm still good. I'm still good on the footwear. But the one specifically, I know a lot about the shoe. Mm-hmm. I know a lot about all of Jordan's shoes, but the one specifically, I just love the silhouette. And the three. The three is my favorite silhouette. But these shoes weren't like, some of them, the stories are personal. It's mm-hmm. not that I know why Michael Jordan decided to do this. So when when the R46 came, it was like, you're Michael Jordan and you answered all my questions. Shoot. It was Shoot. fine. Like, it, yeah, like that, but that's how I felt. Like, yo, like it was like Michael's telling me everything about the shoe and I'm just, I don't know, I just enjoy that. Like, I don't, I don't want to have to ask questions even though I should. Mm-hmm. Just you laying it out, it just was like, this is I appreciate that because I also, I took time to research everything. I took time to make sure that I understood what was going on. So even before the opportunity came, I really like fashion and I haven't really done things in fashion for a long time. I did like a little bit when I was in high school and I tried some when I was in college. Didn't work out too well. Um, But earlier this year, I signed up for FITN Complex's sneaker school. And so Yo. it was so perfectly timed because I'm like, okay, now nah, I really you did know it. what I'm you, talking about. So you're about. in the class? Yes. You know what's crazy? I got a scholarship That's signed up shame. yesterday. What? Yeah. Yeah. Y'all I signed up so, Is it the Clark Kent one? Uh, don't get me twisted. I don't okay. know. Okay. Let me, it could be DJ Clark Kent one. Yeah. It, it could be. But like, I just, like they gave me the scholarship and for a very long oh, time I was like. You're going to love it. I was like, yeah, I don't know if I can. And the, Yesterday, I just yeah. said, yeah, I'm going to do it. You're going to love it. And it's crazy, but this, it. the class has been out for like six months now. Yeah. I've been curving the class for like Congrats four months. Congrats to both of you. Yeah, yeah. Just sleep because I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if I can add this to my schedule. But And I'm telling you, like, 
If I don't it's, make it's, time, it's very much do it at your own pace. I will say yeah. it's very dense, but because you love sneakers, you're going to love it. I've enjoyed it. I'm so excited. I love it. I'm excited. I'm really ah, oh, this is what I'm hype. So, <laughs> <laughs> yo, nah, but um, it has been amazing speaking to you. Um, just let people know where they can find you. Absolutely. So you can follow me on Instagram at Asha A S H A K A Y B. Um, from there you'll also find the Instagram for my nonprofit organization, The Dinner Table Doc, and also my film, A Time Before Kale. It's AshKB on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to visit the website, AshKB.com. Again, A-S-H-A-K-A-Y-B. you have any closing notes, Noe? You're a phenomenal woman. No, you're awesome. You. That's fire. Yes, you are amazing. But the women behind her are as well. Because yes, this and thank is you a for coming. Kind of support. Yeah, thank you, ladies. Thank you. Oh, yeah, and I owe you guys an apology. When I came in, I just didn't want her waiting on me, so I didn't know you guys were with her. So my fault about that. I just came in and was like, where's the guest? Let me find her. <laughs> I was like, she think she think I'm running on black people time, but I don't. <laughs> Sometimes I do. <laughs> but not today, so I need to see I need to see her that I'm here. My fault, though. Um, but oh, and I appreciate you reminding me. She's like, make sure they know where to find the singer. So they are available from now yes, until yes, September 1st. Um, again, once you visit my Instagram page, there is a link in my bio. It's on Nike Bayou's website, but you can specifically get through it to the link in my bio. It'll take you straight to my page so you can read more about me, more about the shoes, more about the film. Okay. Okay. I can't wait to see what, what happens yeah. after the shoe. I can't wait. I'm not ready for the shoe to be over, but I can't wait to see. <laughs> what, Closing yeah, up with like, the shoe. <laughs> I cannot wait to see what you do next. She's going to want you to make another shoe. You know, hopefully <laughs> they call story. me that's right yeah, exactly Nike give her another call again I deleted those tweets <laughs> yeah I definitely yeah. want to link you up with my cousin he works for Nike he's um a brand ambassador and he does a lot of the creative stuff that they're working on in the team building so I want um y'all to talk and definitely oh, hey, cousin. yeah hey, cousin. To, you want to do whatever you can gone, to make cousin. sure your shoe could come out again or whatever what have you so um as long as I can put people in positions to be around each other. That should be our love. So thank you. We dropped a lot of gems yeah. this episode. Please don't pour in this jewelry. Take care of yourself. Drink a lot of water. Um, I'm noticing a lot of y'all. Y'all not drinking water. Your face is telling me. So. We love y'all though. <laughs> Fact. Please tell me. I'm just playing. You listen to me every Sunday, and I appreciate it. I don't care. What your face is trying to say. It don't matter to me. <laughs> but y'all know what y'all been listening to. Oh, look, I messed it up because of you. Y'all know what y'all been listening to, man. We out of here.